I'll give you a prime example, my own personal experience in the very first cottage that we put an offer on, we presented an offer and we ended up losing and they got the house. And I found out after that it was for $1,500 more. I think it was actually $1,750 to be exact. Had I known that that offer was only $1,750 more, I would have thrown five grand on top. And I would have said, okay, well, then I'll go to five. And then and what would the other person I, have done? Right. Exactly. They probably would have said, okay, well, I'll put in six. Right. And then I would have been like, well, I'll put in 10. And then $30,000 later. get it. So I, exactly. And you got more people pissed off because they're like, this is ridiculous. Like, it's like, you can't stop. But where do you stop? Because at some point you're losing out by a thousand bucks. You got to stop somewhere. All right. Welcome to episode 146 of KG Confidential, the real estate podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Ariel. He's Adrian. Today, we are talking about our wonderful prime minister, Justin Trudeau, who has made some, well, we'll call it speculative changes, perhaps, well, in... This is their this is their gimmick to try and win bids. This is their proposal. Part win of bids. This is I like of, your <laughs> <laughs> very appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Election coming up. And um, housing in general in Canada is a big topic of discussion. Bidding wars are a big topic. The prices of homes have escalated dramatically. The supply of homes is not getting any better. And uh, Mr. Trudeau has decided to make some proposed change announcements. And I don't know, you know, these politicians, they always put out that wish, want, list and how many of it actually comes to fruition well that's what it comes down to is voting for somebody that you believe will act on their promises yeah and whether or not those those changes or proposed changes are of interest to you or you feel like it will be for the betterment of the economy or the social structure of the country or province, whatever you're voting for. You know what we should do? I mean, this is a good topic because it's a bit lengthy in discussion, but maybe on the next one we should do is take the conservatives plan and the liberals plan and any other plans that are out there. And for, as they relate to housing, I don't really like talking. I don't really like politics. politics. I'm not talking politics. I'm talking talking politics. Listen, stop, stop. Hang on. Listen, give me one second. I'm not talking politics. I'm talking, let's take all of the ideas and break them down and just very quick little insight into our opinion on the proposed changes to uh, real estate. I'm not saying. Let's talk about the first. Let's talk about the first one that caught my interest a lot because we have chatted about it in previous podcasts. This was really prior to. Um, anything that Justin Trudeau was proposing or whatever, you and I have chatted about the blind bidding slash auction process. We talked about the the way homes are sold in Australia as an example, where it's an open auction forum. 
Um, so currently in the country that we live in, um, everything is sold in terms of real estate. Everything is sold in a blind bidding situation. You know the asking price, but you don't know what the other offers are. And this proposed change uh, that Trudeau uh, came to the um, media with last week uh, or two weeks ago is proposing that Canadians will have to sell their home in an open forum, in an auction process where full, basically it's transparent as to what others are bidding on home. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel like that's the least of the reasons behind the way the market is, the way the market is. I mean, like there's so many more bigger issues, which some of their proposed changes do address, but um, it's a topic of conversation. It sparks um, oh, red Robin just flew right past the window. It was very beautiful. Um, it sparks controversy and conversation. In fact, in one of our most recent Facebook posts for an upcoming listing, uh, a lady Robins came on. Liber liberal. <laughs> Isn't that a sign of some sort? Um, the um, I, I lost my. Oh, some somebody brought that topic up in the post, specifically talking about the proposal of changing it and included a link to it. So people are aware of it. You know, they they're not immersed in the industry like we are. I don't personally believe it will change things whatsoever. In fact, I've said it before. I believe in many cases, if you were to have given the opportunity to sell a house under both circumstances, one blind bidding, one open bidding, I think it's quite possible that in the open bidding, you will get uh, have a higher end result in the selling price. It's quite possible. Like, you know, I've purchased things on eBay for many, many, many years. And everything that, like when we list a property, we talk about that all the time. Everything that we do in our marketing is to evoke the emotion of the buyer to make them fall in love. And ultimately that makes them pay more money because when, when you really want something, you'll stop at nothing to get it. And I think potentially in that open bidding situation, in that auction situation, is that could occur. You do not want somebody else to get it. And when you see physically, okay, if they're willing to pay 1.4 million, I'm willing to pay 1.41. And then the other person says, oh, you're willing to pay 1.41? Fuck you. I'm willing to pay 1.42. And, and that happens in our current situation, in the closed bidding situation, you are just guessing that you are likely the top bid but you don't know and you don't know so so there's the two ends of the spectrum that that you know it's kind of my teeter-totter in my mind that i think you're right i think that in an open bid situation it could drive the price up higher because of that because of that competition that you do not want to lose and now that you know somebody else is willing to pay that dollar value that's already now establishing market value because it's establishing what somebody else is willing to pay for the house. And if you really want to get it, you'll stop at nothing to do it uh, to get it. So 
in in the current situation, though, there are times where somebody might offer $1.4 million, where the next best offer might only be 1.3, right? So yeah. in that in that case, potentially, are you overpaying? I don't know. But, but even but even in that in that case, you um, you know, as soon as somebody, well, actually, one of our realtors uh, recently told me a story where they that one of the lowest offers, let's say there's five offers. I think there's more than that, but let's say there's five. And one of the lowest offers got upset after learning what the selling, the ultimate selling price was. And it was something like $50,000 more than what they had offered. Um, so even in the case where there seems to be a substantial difference in price between the highest offer and the second highest offer, if the second highest offer knew what the other offer was, it's very likely in many cases, they would say, well, I'll bump it up a little bit. I really like the house. And if I keep shopping around like this for six months, I'm just not going to be able to afford anything. So if people know the number, I mean, it becomes a little bit more frustrating because it's, and people are going to start complaining about that. Oh, he's got up another five. I'll, I'll go up five. He goes up five. I'll go up five. And then it never ends. And then they start complaining. I hate this open bidding format, right? Like you can't please everybody. And both are going to have pros and cons. I love the idea. And we have seen there are companies now, auctioneers, that are gearing their business more towards auctioning real estate. We haven't seen it in the GTA as yet. Um, very, very, like a handful of homes maybe. But um, in Ottawa, there is a company that's specializing in that and they're they're actually doing quite well. So it, there is some existence to it in, in the country and certainly in the province already. But I'll give you a prime example. My own personal experience in the very first cottage that we put an offer on, uh, it we acted on it really quickly into the listing, like within a few days of it being on the market. And we presented an offer. We ultimately ended up in a multiple offer situation. Somebody else then presented an offer once they learned our offer was registered. And we ended up losing and they got the house. And I found out after that it was for $1,500 more. And in negotiations, the listing realtor told me, he said, listen, it's, it's close. And they can't, they can't decide which one they want to choose. And we raised our offer. But we were 1500 bucks shy. And he told me after, I'm really, really sorry. I wanted you guys to get it. But it came down to money. You know, and we we're talking, I think it was a $250,000 cottage, something like that. It was like six years ago. And 1500 bucks. I think it was actually 1750 to be exact. Um, 1750 bucks. Had I known that that offer was only $1,750 more, I would have thrown five grand on top. And I would have said, okay, well, then I'll go to five. And then and what would the other person I, have done? Right. Exactly. They probably would have said, okay, well, I'll put in six. Right. And then I would have been like, well, I'll put in 10. And then just $30,000 later. To get it. So I, Exactly. And you got more people pissed off because they're like, this is ridiculous. Like, it's like, you can't stop. 
but where do you stop? Cause at some point you're losing out by a thousand bucks. You got to stop somewhere. So and, I, and I, I think it's silly. Now the question becomes, because the, the chat has been, and the announcement has been that potentially it will basically be mandated that no closed bidding will be allowed on the sale of resale real estate. Well, from my understanding, not only will it not be allowed, but it will be charged. It will be charged criminally. As a criminal offense, you're telling me now, as a homeowner in in Canada, that if I wanted to sell my home the way we currently sell homes that I would be criminally charged if I didn't sell it in an open bidding process? Right. It seems ridiculous. I don't know, man. You can you can tell people that they can't go to work unless they're double vaxxed, but now you're going to tell them to... And that brings up a whole other topic that we won't discuss here, but now you're going to tell me I got to sell my, my property in an open bid process? Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, what? at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't think it, it will. I'm confident it will have zero impact on what they're trying to achieve. It will not change anything whatsoever. In fact, based on these circumstances, I would not be surprised if it resulted in many houses selling for more than they would have otherwise. So, you know, if that's what we need to do, that's what we'll do. And we will still be very successful at it. And we will sell houses that way. But it's you know, they will learn that it was had zero contribution to achieving what they want. Now, look, I like the idea of that open bid of that auction process. I've said it before. I, I do like that way, but I think the homeowner deserves the right to the auction. I think there is, you have to be forward thinking. And in today's, day and age there are people that's why ebay is so popular um there are people that prefer that method of selling uh but like ebay you have options you can list it as a buy it now option you can list it as a best offer option or an auction process you can, you know, so. So let's talk about that. Let's, let's use that because help me, I don't do much eBay shopping. So let's take a house and, and, and paint the picture of how that would work. Let's say with a house that would maybe average a market value of a million bucks. So what would the buy now option be? Well, how would you structure that? How would the, what would the buy now option be and how would people bid on it? Well, just just like there are homes currently listed on eBay, not in the prop. Well, actually, there are some Canadian uh, real estate listings on eBay. So you have a million dollar home. Let's say let's say you know the realtor and the seller had their best guess because it's all guesses. Estimate that the Home's market value is a million bucks. Maybe you put it on a buy it now now option of a million 
90,000. You can buy it now for a million ninety. We'll take that. Right. Full transparency. We'll we'll take a million ninety. We know it's worth a million. You might know it's worth a million, but to avoid can any you if, open if or build, let's say you if you have somebody offer you that million ninety, can you change your mind or is it sold? No, sold. That's you it. So you set no a price. Multi- no multiple, you're committed to it. No multiple offers. No bidding wars. Nothing. Set the buy it now price. So in there most cases, go. people are in setting that number at a point that they would consider to be they are coming out on the winning end of the deal. From a seller's perspective. Yeah. When you're selling an item on eBay, so as an example, sports cards are really hot commodity right now. Anything vintage, like anything from the 70s and 80s, video games are hugely hot. Um, so let's say you bring me a first edition Super Mario Brothers uh, from Nintendo. I saw one of the, which, I saw a way, video on Pawn Stars with someone that did that, and it was worth an unbelievable one, amount of money. Well, one one of them just sold for into seven figures, over a yeah. million bucks. Yeah. Anyways, let's say you bring me one of those, and you know I know that the market is hugely desirable for it. And there's not many of them out there. And I know that the most recent comparable sold for a million. I might list it at a million one fifty initially as a buy it now option. You want this? You pay one point one five. Right. Try it out for a couple of weeks, maybe two three weeks. You kind of set a mental timeline. And if you don't get one point one five, maybe now you change the process to accept best offers. So you change your listing. So it's 1.15 or best offer. Now, how would you you structure now? Or you simply now lower the price, right? So you relist it. So you take down the 1.15 after three weeks of trying. And now you list it at, you say, okay, well, I shouldn't be greedy. I bought this, you know, 20 years ago for 500,000. Now I'm going to list it for, I want that million so maybe I'll list it at a million twenty-five because there's no other one on the market. Now you try that out, and maybe it sells, maybe it doesn't. But um, in the in the process, are people still able to bid at a lower price? And that's just the new buy now price. No follow. Well, because that's basically the same as it is now. You list it at a price, and people send you an offer. But like, would you, do you how how would you structure it if you were? doing the open bids, would you have the open bids scheduled at a certain time and day, or would you have people yes. give, give people permission yeah, to... There's, there's, a, there's a window. There's a window. Okay. Right? So bidding starts on Wednesday at 9 a.m. Auction closes Thursday at 9 p.m. It's a pretty extended and period of time. In, yeah. You wouldn't give a very short window. You would allow... No. You would allow for bids to come in and you would allow for people to bid against each other. And you would have some kind of a format where people could see, okay, here is what's being bid on it. And notifications, right? You just got outbid on 123 Main Street. I wonder, I I didn't read the proposal in detail, but I wonder if the concept of open bidding applies to everything within the offer. I imagine it does. But can you see every condition? Can you see the closing date? Can you see the deposit? Well, that brings up a whole other topic because as you know, can you see the buyer's names? And as mo- 
And as most of our audience knows, I wouldn't think so. I think that would be falling under the uh, Privacy Act. But, um, you know, most of our followers will know you and I um, have talked about these kind of things um, in the past. Um, what's that good? Going on a coughing fit here. Take your time. I actually, did you must have muted it because I can't hear anything. Bear with us while Ariel collects himself. And you took our KT glasses up to the cottage, I see. Oh, sorry about that. That's quite all right. Oh, I got I got a set of myself uh, for myself that I did. Oh, was that from? That the... was from the. I forgot. We, oh, that was the beer, the orange snail beer event we did. That was fun. We had a brewery event for our clients. I can't remember what our last client event was. It's been a long time. Anyways, I mean, we'll get off that topic because I think there is a lot of information that's going to come down the pipe. There's going to be a lot of media attention uh, prior to the election in the next few weeks. So we'll see what what information comes out of it. And um, maybe we'll chat about it further on uh, on TikTok. By the way, um, if you haven't followed us on TikTok yet, um, and you're on TikTok, go ahead and follow us. We're yes, that would be a prerequisite. Because that would be a yeah. prerequisite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or go, go sign up. Yeah. Go sign up. Go sign up for TikTok. There seems to be a lot more controversial, openly spoken people on TikTok. I enjoy those conversations. So... The other thing uh, being bantered about and kind of discussed is potentially not allowing foreign investors over the next couple of years to purchase Canadian real estate. And I think that's a stupid move, personally. Why do I think it's a stupid move? The entire world understands that one of the best places to purchase real estate is in Canada, certainly as an investment. Why do you not want money coming in to our country or the rest of the world? Right. And there's... Well, first of all, I think it's a it's a small. Every time I've ever checked, it's somewhere in and around the range of five percent, and that's in areas like depends where in the country. Well, five percent right? is like in Toronto, like a market that's likely more attractive. You look to at those West, West West BC, West BC. There's a huge demand from uh, the Asian markets to invest in in that area. Yeah, um, they're not buying homes in North Bay. I can tell you that. Um, but cottages, cottages are owned, a lot of cottages, especially the higher priced cottages are owned by Americans. Now, would um, this be for investment purposes or what if they wanted to actually use it as a property? You're going to stop people from well, coming here? here? I don't, I don't know. Like if so, yeah, potentially, potentially, I know a bunch of foreign buyers that have bought condos and, and other types of, of uh, homes, but specifically condos for their kids to live in 
while the kids come here for school. Mm-hmm. It's all the time. Um, but if you look at Americans owning vacation properties in our country, that's a lot of tourist money too coming in. Yeah. Potentially, right? And it's no different than Canadians owning owning property in Florida. So now will the, you know, if we stop allowing Americans, as an example, to mm-hmm. purchase Canadian real estate, are the Americans now gonna say, Oh, well, you don't want us to buy your cottages in Muskoka? That's fine. We don't want you buying property in Florida. Well, there's tons of people buying Florida, Texas. There's a lot of states that people are buying in right now. And what's, I mean, what's pulling one small piece of the market out for two years going to do? It's just a band-aid. It won't even affect it. And you you might see a blip for a month. It's trying, all of this is trying to remedy the shortage of supply in housing in this country. I think and it's more it, deeply rooted in just, like we said before, just trying to win bids to be reelected. That's all it really is. Yeah, but they could know uh, that it's going to yeah. have it. It's not going to impact the market whatsoever. They just know that's what people want to hear. But is it? I don't know. I don't know. They probably know better than I do, even though, you know, we do this on a day to day basis. But um it's not going to fix anything. No, some it's, of the, it's the, not. No, a lot. They, there are some things that they were proposing that would that would help. I mean, we don't have to get into all of it in detail in this podcast, but certainly, um, you know, I would say that and the the open bidding is the least effective. Well, I think I pulled the audience on this uh, several podcasts ago. I can't remember, but I want to hear what everybody thinks about this. So leave a comment wherever you're watching or listening, leave a comment, send us a DM. I don't care. Get in touch with us. Let us know. What do you think about this proposal from Trudeau that if he gets reelected, that they are going to implement an open bid that auction type um, format, we'll call it, in the sale of your property and potentially not allow you to sell in the current way, which is a closed bidding system, and make it a criminal offense to do so. How do you feel about that? Let us know in the comments below. I think what's more important too is knowing what the punishment would be. Yeah, seriously. What are they going to do? Throw somebody in jail for selling their own home. Well, that's what I mean. Like, that's a bit of a joke. I can't imagine that would possibly happen. Maybe a fine. How big is the fine? Because if I still think I'll do much better and be more successful selling it that way, then perhaps I'll take the fine. <laughs> right. You consider it a tax. Okay. I got to pay five grand now as, yeah. a, as a tax. Oh, good. Just know? add it to the list of taxes. Well, uh, I also saw something about now, I didn't read it in detail, but even something along the lines of uh, taxing flipped, quote unquote, flipped homes a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of things that are being that added stuff, about when it comes 
Yeah, that stuff, I, I don't disagree with that. And, and people have talked about another very controversial thing, which I don't think is in anyone's proposal, um, but is talked about regularly. And that's the uh, capital gains exemption for primary residences and, and charging people on that. Because a lot of people do abuse that system. And I think if people are flipping houses and that's what they're doing to make an income, that they should be charged taxes differently. Yes, but there, it, I don't think that, I think there has to be a better uh, process in terms of holding people accountable because I don't think the people that legitimately buy and sell as the quote-unquote primary residence, if it's their actual primary residence or they truly had that intention of it being the primary residence that you don't get taxed on on the sale of your primary residence but there are people that are abusing that system because there is no proper uh system in place to to hold people accountable to that necessarily right well i think that's and, that's um from what i've read there are countries that do have a um, attacks on on capital gains where primary residences are are it's like a tiered system. So if you live there for a year, the tax goes down to X. If you live there for three years, it goes down even more. If you're there for five years, it's zero. Um, so even in those cases where you have the occasional rare occurrence that somebody genuinely lives there as a primary residence, but they have to move in six months you know, being taxed on the amount of money you've earned in that time, it's not the end of the world. Like, how much are you surely going to see it appreciate in that time? And if it does... Yeah, I, me personally, I wouldn't agree with that because if you think of circumstances, why would somebody move in the first six months, year, two years, three years? It's change of needs, change of wants, change yeah, of needs, but you can't, or life. But these rules... Afford, potentially affordability, and now all of a sudden, you know, you're going to you're gonna force me now to stay in my home five years just so I don't pay that tax. Yeah, but it's tax on I new equity, on new profits. It's not based on what you carried into it. So you're still coming out ahead. Yeah, but you're now messing with the whole premise of investing in real estate and real estate being a good investment. Um you know, I know people that move every two to three years. They they purchase a, a new construction. They stay there two, three, four years until the uh, development has, you know, installed the driveways, the grass, the tree, you put fence in, you put window coverings, you dress it up a bit. And then in the interim, you purchase another new build. So when you sell, you move into the new build, you do it again, and they do this five or six times and then then they move into their forever home so so some people are so it depends you know, on the structure truly, of the tax because if yeah. it's if after two years it's down to 10 percent, you know it's really negligible if it's only on the profit you've made you're still doing well but and at the end of the day it, it everything should has to be geared for the masses you can't cater just to a very small few population who are in unfortunate circumstances and have to move unexpectedly. And I think it's inevitably coming. 
based on the way things are going and the fact that it is implemented in other areas? There, there will be changes coming to capital gains on real estate in some way, shape, or form. The government is going to want a little piece of that pie from everybody in some capacity. Yeah. So whether it's a tiered structure or a fixed structure or whatever, um, it's going to happen. There's way too much equity right now in the Canadian housing market for the government to just say, okay, you, all of you people can just have it and we're not going to take any, any of it. Right. Yeah. It, the, 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 it's inevitable. In the long run, I don't think... By the way, you're listening to episode 146 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Wherever you're listening or watching, make sure you like and subscribe uh, so you can tune into future episodes, episode 146. Go ahead. In the long run, I think uh, it could add some stability and weed out some people that are abusing the system. But in the short term, it'll cause chaos. As soon as people know that it's coming, you know, they'll, they'll every, the market will be flooded with either rentals because they need to sit on these properties for a period of time before they can cash in on them and sell them or a ton of listings. Cause I need to get the house sold before the tax uh, changes are, are imposed. You know, why doesn't the government put their money where their mouths are and start, start building apartment buildings or complexes, you know, uh, and using them as as rental properties. Fine, you guys become a landlord. You own property. You own, you know, you got the money. You got the resources. You're the one controlling everything. You have. We have a housing issue in Canada. Yeah, we have a rental property, uh, a rental market issue in this country. Well, Certainly for immigrants and people that are are. Um, maybe having financial difficulties and all that. We've talked about it in the past. Landlords, an individual landlord that owns a primary residence and let's say one or two investment properties and is trying to find a tenant, they're being extremely picky as to who that tenant is. Well, there's your fucking problem. What's happened? Where are all these other people that their uh, offers to lease are not getting approved? Uh, why don't you go and build some damn housing for these people? charge them rent, make some money on the uh, real estate and on the rent. You control everything. There you go. You want to fix the problem? Build it yourself. Let's see how the rental rules change then. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I got this terrible tenant. It's going to change oh, this law. Who created this residential tenancies uh, act? <laughs> for this week, everyone's allowed to be evicted <laughs> until we get these people in order. Uh, that's the big thing, though. And that, that's where I think the the most effective method of uh, stabilizing the market would be is just supply and providing more real estate. And I don't remember, I think it was the conservatives or maybe the liberals, but somebody was proposing that they would sell off something like 10% of crown land to developers um, and ease up on um, and provide the necessary tools to get approved developments, uh, development developments approved quicker. Uh, so that they could provide more inventory. Those things are, I think that's good. That That's what we need. Uh, but also putting an emphasis on the types of real estate that's necessary to accommodate the demand. Yep. I agree. All right.
Uh, I think we wrap it up there. Thanks for listening to episode 146 of KT Confidential. You can watch on YouTube by going directly to ktconfidential.ca. Um, I really want to hear your comments about what we spoke about in this episode, specifically the open versus closed bidding option or force from the liberal government that they're proposing. Um, let's hear what you got to say. That's it for today. Nice chatting with you, Adrian. Same with you, as always.